Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. What is your emergency? Hello, my name is Shannon Brand. I'm in McHenry, um, North Dakota. Um, the thing is, is that uh, I hit a man with my vehicle. I need an ambulance here immediately. Okay, you hit a person with your vehicle? Yes. Okay, I got you on 104th Avenue on Highway 1 and 12th Street. Does that sound right? Uh, you know what? I'm sorry, in these small areas, I, I don't know the street numbers. and But if you need me to stay on the line where you can trace me yep, or whatever. Yep, I'm working on that right now. You need to get here immediately. Yep, I'll yep. stay on the line. You just come here. Yep, we're gonna we're working on that right now. Okay, is he conscious and breathing? Um, hold on a minute here. I I had to walk away to get some signal here so I could talk to you. I don't. Um. Yes, he is. I can see movement in him. He's breathing. He's moving. But he's hurt really badly. Okay, where are his injuries? Do you see? Um, it looks like his legs may be broken. Uh, other than that, I mean, you know, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, ma'am. Okay, what is your name, sir? My name is Shannon Brett. B R A N D T. Yes. Okay, we're getting everyone paged out right now, and I'll stay on the line with you. Okay, is he on the road or is he in the ditch? Where is he at right now? His, his, it looks, uh, it's, it's hard to explain. It's almost like an alley. His legs are on the road, but his, uh, the, the rest of his body, his upper body is in the grass. I really don't want to move him unless you tell me I should. No, no, no. We're going to leave him there. Okay. Trust me, I got my vehicle parked here. I don't think anybody's going to come through here. I can stop him. Okay. And you said his legs are on the road, his body, I mean, he, he, his legs are still attached to his body, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It is the 22nd of September, year of our Lord, 2023. And, man, we got a packed show today. So much to cover. It will be well over two hours. It's impossible for me not to. Um, and I had to start with that. Um, that is uh that's just wrong that that man got five years for murdering a kid and uh that just got released and it's just clearly obvious that we have two forms of justice in our country and we can't we we just can't we can't this is just not good 
Um, little note, got a new setup today. I uh, was out garage sailing and picked up a 27-inch TV. It's over here now. So we have a 27-inch TV here and a 27-inch TV. I shouldn't be able to read the point. Um, should be good to go. So if I see, you see me farting around today more, it's just because of that. So this, of course, is the kid. Um, he got five years because he was a conservative and it was just a local news story. Just a local news. It, it's not important. Not, none of it's important because, you know, why would it be important? It, it's not about a conservative. There's all sorts of them. Here, here's another one about a police chief slain. Sometimes crimes happen that are caught on video that just shock the conscience of America. And that's what happened in Las Vegas. Take a look at this. Yeah, that was two teenagers in Las Vegas and they carjacked a vehicle and got right up behind that gentleman. And well, what happened next was actually the murder of that man on the bicycle. And that's disturbing enough. The next part of the video is just as disturbing. Look. Yeah, they're laughing about it. They're having fun. They did it on purpose and they did it for their own amusement. And to make matters even worse, they posted that video on social media for clicks, for likes, for viral attention. There's something wrong here, something seriously wrong with the culture of this country where this kind of thing can even happen. Now, there has been arrest. The driver, a 17-year-old, was arrested now and charged with the murder of this individual. The identity of that suspect has not been revealed because he's a minor and his identity is protected per the law of the state of Nevada. The person who captured the video, the person sitting in the passenger seat, just as guilty of that crime, he hasn't been arrested so far. So we don't know the name of the two people who caused this horrific crime, but we do know the name of the victim. His name is Andreas Probst, a retired police chief from California. He was in Nevada in retirement, enjoying his golden years. Horrific way for his life to end with such a brutal and senseless crime. Now, we know all of these facts about the suspect who's been arrested, about the co-suspect that hasn't been arrested, and about Mr. Probst. We know all of that because we've read it in in some British websites. Yeah, this has been picked up by the Daily Mail, the UK Independent. You can see here that the story has been picked up by some local publications in Las Vegas and a couple of other websites. But where's CNN? Where's the New York Times? Where's the Washington Post? None other than Elon Musk pointed this out. When you search for this story right now in the mainstream media, they are nowhere to be found. Why? What is it about this story that suddenly gets buried? I mean, just a few years ago, there was a young man who was killed in Minneapolis. His name was George Floyd, and there was video of it, and it went everywhere. It lit the spark of Black Lives Matter and of defund the police. I mean, it was righteous anger in the streets of America over that horrific, senseless death. And yet nothing, no coverage, no mention, Certainly no outrage in the streets. Why? What's different about this story?
I think Fox News personality Greg Gutfeld put it best on social media. He said, in life, there are transformative experiences. I just watched a man get murdered. If this does not change you forever, then you are dead inside. Wake up, America. We've become the thing of dystopian sci-fi that makes Death Race 2000 and Clockwork Orange look like romantic comedies. Gutfeld is correct. Somehow, some way, the left believes if they have this disorder instead of order, if they have this chaos instead of, um, you know, having a country of laws, they win. And if anything hasn't fired me up, more than this week's border, you're going to see videos of directed by Biden to tear down Constantina wire fences that were put up millions of dollars of work, tear down the impediments for these people to get in. Simultaneously, it's leaking. He's going to wave and, and bring in five hundred thousand Venezuelans and just let them come in the country because you know we haven't got enough six million's not enough they can't win forever you're I'm gonna play 40 seconds of a video that goes on for five minutes of people just walking and then Hochul saying that New York is closed We have to let the word out that when you come to New York, we're not going to have more hotel rooms. We don't have capacity. So we have to also message properly that we're at our limit. If you're going to leave your country, go somewhere else. But the smarter thing is to apply for asylum before you leave your country. That was Eagle Pass yesterday. It's bedlam. It's just bedlam, and it's by design. This gentleman, uh, Peter Rangel, 
It's the consistency. It's basically in the last 24 hours, we've let an infantry division just walk across. We're not screening them. We're not checking if they're criminals, terrorists, they're carrying communicable diseases. We're not checking any of that. And the tearing down the Constantina wire is just, it says everything about this. They, they keep getting up there. I'm not going to play any of the lies uh, from the podium of what we're doing. You know, we're, we're doing it humane and bullshit. It's an invasion. Most believe that these people should be embracing our values that, that we don't even require them to do. Santa Ana is doing exactly what we knew they were going to do. They're, they're debating whether they can vote because they need the votes. They're calling in the National Guard. To help them come in better. That's all it's about. Because we can replace them. That, that's what it's about. It's, it has nothing to do with the world. They want to never lose power. They got six million in. If they can push in case they lose this election, they can get another six. That's 12 on top of an estimated 20. I would say we're close to 40 million illegals are living in our country right now. Causing crimes, DUIs, murdering people, getting away with it. We don't even track it. And it's all for the left to get votes. And these are the only media sound bites I could find. Now to the anger over the migrant crisis in this country. In New York City on Staten Island, that anger boiling over. Protesters pinned down, multiple arrests. And it's not just New York, multiple states tonight. And just this evening, what's now playing out at the border. ABC's Matt Rivers on the border in California tonight. Tonight, tensions high across the country. Police pinning protesters down in New York City, arresting 10 people on Staten Island, many outraged over the influx of migrants into the city. From New York to Illinois to Arizona, states overwhelmed, buses arriving daily. In San Diego County, Border Patrol forced to release about 4,000 migrants in just the past week. Processing centers and shelters filled to capacity. Many dropped off at places like this bus stop. Local officials frustrated, demanding action in Washington. This isn't a political situation. This is not a left or right issue. This is a poor, an immigration system that has failed. As a county, we are not resourced to handle this many people you know, coming in. Lourdes Gutierrez arrived here two days ago from Ecuador. She says she's escaping violence and extortion there. Basically, they can't exist because of all that crime. Lourdes, like so many here, making the dangerous journey. Down the border in Texas, new drone video showing a crush of migrants crossing the Rio Grande River into Eagle Pass, where today officials declared a state of emergency. And hundreds more are coming. Hundreds of migrants today on top of this freight train, riding for miles to Ciudad Juarez just across the border from El Paso. Braving the danger just one day after Mexican authorities temporarily suspended train operations after several migrant deaths. And David. And meanwhile, big story, especially here in New York, the Biden administration 
has decided to implement some new rules for hundreds of thousands of migrants. We've seen these record border crossings. We see it coming now to the, the northeastern cities, getting a lot of complaints from mayors like Mayor Adams here in New York to the White House. So walk us through what's happened here. Yeah, that's right, Savannah. And there's also new developments at the border. The small border town of Eagle Pass, Texas, has declared a state of emergency after more than 4,000 migrants arrived in the last two days, overwhelming the city of nearly 30,000 people. The mayor there is scrambling, saying facilities are strained and migrants are having to be released onto the streets. It's part of a recent rise in overall border crossings that hasn't been seen in months. And meanwhile, as you mentioned, the Biden administration announcing overnight new rules allowing hundreds of thousands of Venezuelan migrants who have arrived in the country before July 31st to live and work here legally for 18 months and temporarily protect them from deportation. That follows pressure from New York officials for them to be able to work and move them off of social services, which has also been overwhelmed. But these latest developments are sure to be cited by Republicans who argue... It's by design. This is what they want. They, they want it in your town. And if you look at this whole flow from beginning to end, it has been, we illegally do things. When you talk about it, we call you a bigot. And then we stop it for a bit, and then we start it right back up again. I mean, it's just been this flow and all these cities are overwhelmed with a, a, mic, a mini amount of what's really coming towards us. Um, the, the largest crime. The, this is the largest crime ever perpetrated by a president it is beyond high crimes and misdemeanors this is this is diluting com completely diluting the electorate so that they can never lose that that's all this is about that's all it's ever been about um and if the if the the hypocrisy of it all isn't just laid bare with the blue cities just fucking losing their shit over just a slight amount you all wanted this this is this is what you wanted you you said that everything trump did was racist and we're we're sanctuary cities and we're going to bring them in because that's our way and what we did fucking press conference talking about a fucking plaque that none of us in the rest of the country knew about at the base of the fucking statue of liberty you get a you know, a couple thousand and you fucking fall apart. And it's just fucking wrong, man. I mean, this is, this is not America. This is not what America's about. We, we, we just don't let everybody come the fuck in. And this week, 
he went to the U.N., and he didn't even say about the invasion happening on our border. The media didn't say anything about it either. But th- this is just a couple snippets of the President of the United States. As we evolve our institutions and drive creative new partnerships, let me be clear. Certain principles of our international system are sacrosanct. Well, first of all, I would like to greet President Biden to say to President Biden, can you hear me, President Biden? This is a historical moment for Brazil and for the U.S. President Biden, can you hear me? You can? Yes, good. And so uh, there's the U.S. delegation that is here with me. I'd like to greet my wife that is also here. I'd like to greet the Brazilian trade unionists that came to my invitation by my labor minister, and i also like to greet the U.S. trade union leaders that are here, that which we always had a very good relationship, an extraordinary relationship with the U.S. labor movement. At least that is our intention. We've begun it, and we're going to continue. We're working in lockstep to tackle the climate crisis, <coughs> including mobilizing hundreds of millions of dollars to conserve the Amazon and the critical ecosystems in Latin America. And we've advanced our work together through the Partnership for Atlantic Cooperation to promote inclusive economic growth. And the two largest democracies in the Western Hemisphere are standing up for human rights around the world and in the heavens. And be real for a moment, okay? I find you disgraceful. You've hidden from the American people your clear diagnosis, whatever it is. You have it. We all see it. And so does the rest of the world. Liberals will say I'm being ageist or ableist, but what I am is a realist. I like honest people, which is why I so thoroughly dislike you. You are a corrupt, lying, farcical shell of a human being. You sold out our national security to enrich yourself and your family. Your son is a tragic disgrace. And isn't it sad that some of us actually feel sorry for the guy? Because all he probably ever really wanted was for you to love him. But you love something else more. You and this entire made-up story surrounding you. You capitalized on the deaths of people in your family to strike a sympathy nerve to make up for your clear mental mediocrity. But you didn't sell me. And you haven't sold tens of millions of other Americans. Your entire family, sadly, is dysfunction. Nine of you were paid by foreign governments to do what? To look out for the best interests of this great nation? No, to look out for you. We all have issues in our lives. We're all struggling with something or someone. It's difficult, I get it, but our entire lives aren't lies, and yours is. 
You shut down our energy independence and pushed a bogus money laundering narrative under the guise of climate do-goodery. You caused prices to soar and shelves to go bare. You used the black community the same way you try to use college students in debt, all to stay where you are, protected, guarded, and out of prison. But I think, Mr. President, what you're most guilty of doing is so disgusting and so depraved that your lasting legacy will be simple disgrace. The Biden family will go down as the most corrupt first family in American history. That is why. At the Wall Street Journal suggests, uh, I mean, and if you look at what happened last weekend, Willie, where you looked at him, he just got lost. He just blanked. And he couldn't even remember, one, who he was running against in 2024. And then, and I know, it was almost eight years ago. It was a long time ago. If you're, if you're, you know, we've all been around people with dementia, people getting older, people forgetting things. We're just not knowing history. Well, no, it's his history. So if, 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 if his mind wasn't jumbled at that moment, he would remember that he ran against Hillary Clinton in 2016. But he couldn't remember who he ran against in 2016, so he just slid Obama in there. And he couldn't remember who he's running against in 2024. So what he did, he just slid Obama's name in there. <laughs> it's just kind of a catch-all. So I guess if you start your career with a racist conspiracy theory about Obama, he's got that back there somewhere. So he's living somewhere in 2011. So he's, I'll just say Obama's name. People seem to like that. But the Wall Street Journal editorial page actually suggests about as much that maybe he's afraid he's just too old to do this. They, they write, why is Mr. Trump afraid to confront other Republicans without the aid of a teleprompter? Is he worried he'd look his age at 77 next to younger candidates? And you know what? I know for Donald, that line hurts because he's seen the video of how addled he looked and how confused he looked and how shaken he looked last weekend when he couldn't even remember who he was running against. And now you've got the Wall Street Journal editorial page saying, hey, what? I guess this guy's, you know, he's afraid he can't do this without a teleprompter and he's too old, which I guess starts raising questions, Willie. Like, is this really who the Republicans, if, 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 they, if they don't look at the four indictments and the stealing of the nuclear secrets and the stealing of war plans and the attempt to steal an election, like, maybe the Wall Street Journal is suggesting, and I think they are, hey, there's a reason why Donald Trump is afraid to debate. Is it because he's afraid he's getting too old and he may lose his mind like he did that night on stage when he thought he was running against Barack Obama. I mean, if you're debating somebody and you don't even know who you're running against in the general... I think he wrapped it all together in that peroration at the end to uh, protect the planet, protect human and, and uh, dignity, opportunity for people around the world. Uh, talking about Ukraine, talking about democracy, talking about the planet and reaching out to all peoples. Uh, it was, a, I think, a powerful speech. He's very good in these moments. That is 
the Joe Biden, who has had foreign policy experience for decades, is on a teleprompter, but with a very well-crafted speech that embraces all of this. What, what really stood out to me, Anna, was that I think that President Biden was making an appeal to all of the fence-sitters. He started with Vietnam and ended with Ukraine. I don't think that was an accident. Vietnam, I'm the head of the McCain Institute. John McCain was a POW and then worked with Secretary Kerry, <laughs> who was there in the audience, to conduct the re the re-reconciliation between the United States and Vietnam. I thought this was a very effective, broad appeal uh, to the North, to the South, to... That Joe Scarborough clip is just... Oh, it's fucking perfect. It, it is always what they do. Uh, what they are doing is what you are doing. They project their negativity on everybody. This is uncharted territory. That, that's what the fucking media is saying. And we're going to go through some numbers really quick um, because it, it just it isn't looking good at all for Biden. At all. He claims democracy is state in this election. We're doing the same thing again. He's blocking any resource garnering in Montana. It's making her happy, and we're gonna we're gonna see uh, some climate shit at the end of the show. But th- this this is not what America needs. We're in a bad way. We really are. This week, this is what they've done. And remember, this is the party about standards and decorum and Chuck Todd about Trump. That's Cory Booker. Yeah, those are fucking booty shorts in the Senate. I I'm I wasn't gonna play it. I'm gonna play this. This, this is him. That this once again, media said he's fine. Everything's great. Uh, you're a bigot if you don't want to vote for this fucking piece of shit. Here's him in the Senate, faux crying. and made fun of because I wasn't able to process things sometimes or say things things. So I'm so sorry that I'm sure many of you had to go through this kind of thing. You know, I was lucky that I was, I was uh, lucky to go through my life, the vast majority of that with that, this kind of disability that I have. But, um, but again, I can't imagine and how the, the challenges and I, and I admire, you know, everyone that has to kind of live with these kind of struggles and, and, and prevail over them. And the, the questions that I have is, uh, is really more of a, uh, an open-ended kind of question to everyone on the, on the, the panel. You know, you know, how uh, can we become more empathetic, more responsive, and more effective senators to provide the kind of support and services that you, anyone in these communities deserve uh, to be a, a, a citizen here in uh, our nation? Mr. Westbrook. Yeah, um, I think it just takes political will and, you know. He's not handicapped. He had a fucking stroke. Then we have this. This is, we're going to get to the polls, but I forgot. This is David Brooks. David Brooks used to be an uh, uh, independent. He was on PBS 
New York Times, very down the middle. Then 2016 happened and he lost his fucking mind like everybody else. He wrote this tweet saying this is why Americans don't think economy is good. Because the media goes, economy is great. We're making all sorts of money right in our, we love Biden shit. I, of course, nuked him and said, it's electric. it is an airport food, you dolt. It's the fact that gas, electricity, groceries, everything's fucking expensive. Us normals can't live. We can't live on this. We, we just can't make it function. He, he, is, he is such a garbage human. So the world went after him. Some of the community notes. Uh, the community notes on Brooks' tweet say that the burger and fries cost 17 which sounds right, making his tweet all the more mysterious. If it was satire, it didn't land. If it meant to be serious, it made absolutely no sense. We'll get to the notes. Okay, now that Brooks has gotten a community note showing that the food part of his $78 meal only costs 17 I know what's the glass... According to community notes, burger and fries, the smokehouse is 17. He ordered a double shot of whiskey for $50. Well, here's the reality. It will cost you that, especially if it's top shelf. I got a double shot of Woodford's. It cost me more than the goddamn bottle in San Francisco. Anyway. Let's get to some of this. Uh the the, the porn the porn candidate should drop out. That pretty much makes sense this guy goes into the numbers and it's kind of scary when you break it down it's a it's a it's pretty scary that republicans even win the 100 employers are the most employees who donate to each campaign it's all blue he then goes in to candidate domestic product by county and all the money's in the blue states because they're big cities. It doesn't it just doesn't mean much, but I mean this is how he went with it. Academia. Like we didn't know that was the way it is. Journalism. 5% Republican. I do not believe that's true. But okay. Current state governor governments Whites divided, very few blue. So we should have better districting. Here's what he surmised, and his name is Bahi. The greatest strength comes from understanding your weakness. Graphs above suggest Republicans will find it incredibly difficult to win a national battle for control of the U.S. in 2024 because it's not just about elections, it's about institutions. Moreover, if Republicans could recapture the presidency, they'd be stuck with the flaming bag of dog poop that is D.C.'s financial position, $33 trillion in debt. We went across that the other day. Media didn't even cover it. So if Republicans were smart, they'd understand that the areas they're strong on are focused there. State governments, Supreme Court, Twitter, Bitcoin. Exit, because it's still legal to move. I still think they can win because of things like this. This was Rasmussen and... Two-thirds of American voters worry that the country is turning into a police state. 
Some of them are Democrats, and because it comes down to they're seeing what's happening, and we're going to get to it because we're going to go to the DOJ in a bit. I have to break for some silence, though, or science, because got some science stuff. They're seeing that everything is rigged for the left. They're seeing they don't want this guy. They might vote for fucking JFK. They're seeing that Trump is winning. And they're seeing the surge of populism and nationalism. The left has pushed so far that what is happening is we're getting that pendulum like we always do. So that's our intro. We're going to go straight into a space feed. And you're going to see a NASA spacecraft that flew through a sun explosion. It got that close to the sun and returned data. That's pretty fucking badass. That is the, uh, okay. A well-fortified NASA spacecraft through the survived immense explosion of the sun. Scientists recently released rare footage of the solar vent called the coronal mass ejection, which is the eruption of mass of super hot gas. It's like scooping up a piece of the sun ejecting into space. Um, this spacecraft is released for a call the planet. It's the uh, Mark Howe scientist earlier this year. Seem occurred in one of the most powerful coronal ejections, the Parker Solar Probe. So that's pretty fucking cool. But why don't I go to space right off the bat? This weekend, remember months ago, we talked about Armageddon's happening. In 159 years. Um, there is a Bennu asteroid, originally called something else that I won't get into because that's what I reported it as earlier ago. And it's the size of the Empire State Building and it's hurling like this towards us. And it rotates like we do around the sun. And every six years, it passes us closer and closer. And scientists predict in 159 years, it's going to hit us. And it'll be a major event. It won't be an end of times event, but it's going to fuck some shit up. So we started this spacecraft, the Oris Rex, to go and find out what it's made of so we know how we can deflect it or blow it up. This Saturday... They're going to do a flyby with Oris Rex and dump a refrigerator-sized object out the bottom that is going to burn up in the atmosphere partly, and then parachutes going to open, and it's going to release eight ounces sample that'll land in the Utah desert, and we're going to get that because we sent Oris Rex, or sorry, Osiris Rex. And it landed just like fucking Bruce Willis on this asteroid. 
So, there are five things that have to happen for it to come in. Uh, and we're going to go through them really quick because this is cool. The capsule separation, they have... I mean, can I save this? I think I can. Let's try this. No, let's do this. Um, I didn't even think about this. Sorry. I should have got this because this is, this is fucking space shit. Yeah, I'm a geek, but it's good geekery. We're going to turn this into... Where are we at? Blah, 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 blah. 31. 31. Save. Here we go. Sorry. We're going to get there. Ah, fuck. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. There it is. So it's going to dump this as it does a flyby. And it will send this compartment down to us. It's going to go through the atmosphere, burning up. I'll show you that picture, but it's not important. Drogue parachute will come back, and it's going to land in fucking Utah at 10.50 a.m. Saturday, uh, Eastern Daylight Time, be 14.50. So for Pacific, 9.50. Big Sis, 10.50. For me, 11.50. Um Capsule drogue chute slows craft down to one mile above the ground. The main parachute deploy if the capsule falls through the atmosphere going get it was as expected. The craft main chute will slowly lower the vessel and land with 36 mile by 8.5 kilometer landing recover area that they should be able to track. Over the next five minutes, the pod main chute will slow it to descent and it will land somewhere in fucking Utah. And we will get that information, which is just mind-boggling because we went we went we went to a fucking asteroid dude an asteroid I'm fucking up all my slides but that's okay here we go There it is. 63,000 miles an hour or high. That's where it's going to dump and somehow land in Utah. That we can do this is just insane. It's just insane. And it's not the other one. We have the DART program. It hit another one. Asteroid Dimorphos, which NASA intentionally hit with a rocket during its DART mission in September, is behaving unpredicted ways. It is starting to shimmy so we did alter it with a missile. Then there's Lucy. First image of asteroid Dimshinki in 12-year voyage of discovery. And let me see if they have the pictures to go with it. Yeah, they do, but it's... 
Okay, we're just going to go back here for a bit. Yeah, kill me. There it is. Other space news. NASA Ingenuity helicopter breaks altitude record, fires, rose 66 feet above the Red Dern Spring in a September 16th sortie. And I'm not going to show the picture, but it's fucking cool. Webb Telescope found an ocean world. And last but not least, because I kind of fucked this section up because I didn't have the slides right. They thought there was earthquakes on fucking the moon. But what they found out is Apollo 17's landing site is where they had the seismometer. And what's happening is with the 250 heat in the day and 250 in the dark, negative 250, it's making the landing craft that's still there and the rovers expand and contract and it's shaking the ground and that's what they were getting, not actual earthquakes, which I thought was pretty interesting that we still have shit up there. It's still there. I mean, I guess there's nothing to destroy it. It's just going to stay there forever. But anywho, that's my geeky space shit. I know most people don't care, but I do. And we're going to now go into the media defending the DOJ. And we have some sound bites that are just, they're just bullshit. I am the media jerk off of the week. the contentious hearing on Capitol Hill, the House Judiciary Committee questioning Attorney General Merrick Garland, Republicans accusing him and prosecutors of weaponizing the Department of Justice, Garland pushing back. And there was a moment when this turned deeply personal today. The Attorney General expecting the tough questions in this political climate in his prepared remarks today before the questioning, rejecting what critics have said, saying he is not, quote, the president's lawyer, nor is he, quote, Congress's prosecutor. ABC's Chief Justice Correspondent Pierre Thomas leading us off from Washington tonight. Tonight, Republicans on the attack, accusing Attorney General Merrick Garland of running a weaponized Justice Department. Never in my life would I have thought that I would see such a politicized DOJ. Never in my life would I have thought I would see such a Department of Justice that didn't obey their own rules. But the Attorney General clearly expecting the incoming barrage on offense in his opening statement. Our job is not to take orders from the president, from Congress. I reaffirm today, I am not the president's lawyer. I will add, I am not Congress's prosecutor. Much of the Republican fire centered on the president's son, Hunter, despite the fact that Hunter Biden is being investigated by David Weiss, a U.S. attorney initially appointed by Donald Trump and appointed special counsel by Garland himself giving Weiss more independence than a typical federal prosecutor. 
Today, Republicans claiming that Hunter Biden is getting preferential treatment, even though nearly a week ago he was indicted on felony gun charges. What stage are we in? We in the beginning stage, the middle stage, the end stage, the keep hiding the ball stage? What stage are we in? I think uh, this one I would go back to the videotape where I said I'm not permitted to discuss ongoing investigations. Well, that not that convenient? The five-and-a-half-hour hearing at times testy and personal. At one point, a Republican congressman suggesting that Garland approve the targeting of Catholics for unfair investigation. Garland, who often speaks emotionally of the anti-Semitism his grandparents faced, was indignant. Yes, the idea that someone with my family background would discriminate against any religion is so outrageous, Mr. so absurd. Mr. The nation's top law enforcement official, Attorney General Merrick Garland, traveled to Capitol Hill today where he faced a gauntlet of tough questions and accusations. Much of it centered on whether his office has put a thumb on the scale in the special counsel investigation of President Biden's son, Hunter. Garland testified in a contentious hearing before the House Judiciary Committee. Republicans pressing him on whether Garland has meddled with the work of special counsel David Weiss, who was handling the Hunter Biden case. Biden was recently charged with three gun-related counts. Garland also facing questions about the indictments of former President Donald Trump and Republican claims that the indictments were politically motivated. Garland telling the hearing, no one has told me to indict, insisting the decisions were made by special counsel Jack Smith. Tonight, Attorney General Merrick Garland firing back at Republicans accusing him of weaponizing the Justice Department. I am not the president's lawyer. I will add, I am not Congress's prosecutor. The Justice Department works for the American people. But Republican lawmakers grilling Garland over what they call a two-tier justice system. There's one investigation protecting President Biden. There's another one attacking President Trump. Justice Department's got both sides of the equation covered. Weiss has denied the whistleblower's accounts. Democrats today calling the hearing a political stunt. This is a gross misuse of your time, your team's time, and our time. It is a shameful circus. With Garland slamming GOP criticism. Well, the political point that they have to make as they try to undercut this whole uh, these, all these proceedings is undercutting David Weiss, who, let's remind people, he's a Trump appointee. And you have Ken Buck, who is a Republican, saying, if Merrick Garland right. had decided to pick someone else besides David Weiss to do this, he would be facing the same kind of criticism from Republicans. They're going to criticize him no matter what. I think what really strikes me is, look, this is so much of what we're watching here, an unserious circus. It is a parade of long-debunked narratives and misinformation so all the left pushed was more gun laws. They want more gun laws throughout this. But they didn't really get in to anything important with the DOJ. But we found many interesting things. We're going to play some in a second. They're a little long, but it's worth it. One, FBI had so many paid informants at the Capitol, J6, they lost track of the number and had to do a later audit. And at least one informant was communicating with the FBI handler as he entered the Capitol. Are we surprised? Then the Ray Epps, he got a misdemeanor. The guy who's on record numerous times saying, break in, 
Here is Thomas Massey taking Garland to task. Is indicted for contempt of Congress? Aren't you, in fact, in contempt of Congress when you give us this answer? This is an answer that's appropriate at a press conference. It's not an answer that's appropriate when we are asking questions. We are the committee that is responsible for your creation, for your existence, of your department. You cannot continue to give us these answers. Aren't you, in fact, in contempt of Congress when you refuse to answer? Congressman, I have the greatest respect for Congress. I also have the greatest respect for the Constitution and laws of the United States. Um, the protection of pending uh, investigations and ongoing investigations, as I briefly discussed in another uh, dialogue a few moments ago, goes back to the separation of powers, which gives to the executive branch the sole authority to conduct prosecutions. Um, it's a requirement of due process and uh, respect for those who are under investigation, the protection of their civil rights. So well, with all, with, all due, with, with all due respect, respect with all due respect to that, uh, Iran-Contra was an ongoing investigation, and that didn't stop Congress from getting the answers. And you're getting in the way of our constitutional duty. You're signing the Constitution. I'm going to cite it. It's our constitutional duty to do oversight. Now, in that video, that was your answer to a question to me two years ago, when I said how many agents or assets of the government were present on January 5th and January 6th and agitating in the crowd to go into the Capitol and how many went into the Capitol. Can you answer that now? I don't know the answer to that question. Oh, last time, you don't know how many there were or there were none? I don't know the answer to either of those questions. If there were any, I don't know how many. You've I don't know whether there are any. I think you may have just perjured yourself that you don't know that there were any. You want to say that again, that you don't know that there were any? I have any? no personal knowledge of this matter. I think what I said the you've, last time. You've had two just, years to yeah, find yeah. out. And yeah. the day, by the way, that was in reference to Ray Epps. And yesterday you indicted him. <laughs> Isn't that a wonderful coincidence on a misdemeanor? Meanwhile, you're sending grandmas to prison. You're putting people away for 20 years for merely filming. Some people weren't even there, yet you've got the guy on video who's saying go into the Capitol. He's directing people to the Capitol before the speech ends. He's at the site of the first breach. You've got all the goods on him, 10 videos, and it's an, and it's an indictment for a misdemeanor? The American public isn't buying it. All right. It is clearly a sham. Then they announced they're bringing back Brennan, Clapper, and Kolb. They all signed the letter saying that it was Russian disinformation and now we're actually, no, it's fake. So here are a couple more uh, sound bites. I, I, I'm going to delete the first one. Um, we'll bring it down to just two. The first one, this foreign one, lady and what is her name let me see victoria sparts just they live through fascism and they're seeing it again you've got to watch congresswoman victoria sparts questioning merrick garland in the house of representatives it may be the most emotional passionate electric thing you'll see today. You had a very moving statement about your grandparents coming here. 
uh, from Belarus to live in the country without fear of prosecution. I grew up in very similar country, Ukraine now, and when I came here as a young person, I believed in the value as an American not to be afraid of my government. But I wanted to tell you, and I want to share with you and get your thoughts on that. Are you aware that a lot of Americans are now uh, afraid of being prosecuted by your department? Are you aware about that? Are you aware of that? I'm just saying, are you aware or not? Uh, I think that uh, constant attacks on the department and saying no, it's that not attacks. Well, let me let me give you an example. I don't know we talk what... about January 6. People. Sorry? Here, there, there are some people came on January 6. There are probably were some people that came on January 6 here, you know, that had bad intent. But a lot of good Americans from my district came here because they are sick and tired of this government not serving them. They came with strollers and the kids, and there was chaotic situation because the proper security wasn't provided. That's a question that was answered really why. Why we debated for 45 minutes on the floor and didn't stop the debate after the people broke in into the Capitol. But these people came, they were throwing the smoke bombs into the crowd with strollers with kids. People were showed up, you know, FBI agent to people's houses. You had in my district, in my town, FBI phone numbers all over the district. Please call. Call that. People are truly afraid. I just want to make sure if you're not aware that you are. And this is a big problem when people are afraid of their own government. And I'll share some other things. We're talking about justice system. I don't question. You're probably not a bad person. I don't know you. But well, I'll tell you, you're in charge of the department. And people right now feel, you know, I look at Durham report and I call on the FISA violations of queries of millions of Americans, right? It's like KGB, but when I read Durham reports, we have this, you have a nice, you know, playbook. First, let's have a special counsel, and then you don't have to answer any questions here. Then, let's extend slow work investigation on Hillary Clinton, on Hunter, Everything is slow walk. We were very quick on Donald Trump, but you were very slow walk. Then, by the time, you know, that investigation ended, statute of limitation expired, and all of your agents need to be tested for amnesia. No one recalls anything. Okay, you probably should have as part of your hiring policy. So no one held accountable, which was egregious what happened, you know, in that report. When I read about them, I can't believe it happened in the United States of America. This is my frustration, I'll be honest with you. Then, it's very interesting, you know, regardless what it is, even people in Obama administration raise concerns. You know, how can President Sanz be serving on, you know, corrupt Ukrainian oligarchs? Do you understand that it actually can undermine the one Ukrainian effort and policy? I think these concerns were raised. The Obama administration didn't do anything about it. These people are dying right now, and Americans don't trust this president. So you, I want to ask you one thing. You know, as you, you know, I don't need answer because I know you're not going to, but I think you're probably a good American and you care. And a lot of these people are so afraid they cover up this stuff, I think, in your department because they're embarrassed 
that what we became as a country to say that what our Department of Justice became. That allows Russians to do propaganda in Chinese. It allows them to destabilize our country. That is danger to our republic. It is significant danger. And I have just one more question from you. You know, I mean, I agree on corporate crimes and FISA stuff, even with Democrats, that we need to do a better job. One more question for you. Do you believe that, you know, you talk about rights to vote, but do you believe that only U.S. citizens should be voting in this election and doing anything to make sure that only eligible people vote in elections? Yes. Personal contact with anyone at FBI headquarters about the Hunter Biden investigation. Uh, I, don't real, I, don't, I don't recollect the answer to that question, but the FBI works for the Justice Department. It's, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You don't, recollect, you don't recollect whether you've talked with anybody at FBI headquarters about an investigation of the president's son? I, I don't believe that I did. I promised the Senate when I came um, before it for confirmation that I would leave Mr. Weiss in place and that I would not interfere with his investigation. Okay, did I you ever... I have kept that promise. All right. Does anyone believe that the attorney general can't recall whether he had a conversation with anyone at the FBI about an investigation into the president's son? I mean, really, does anyone believe that? And then there was this moment. Can you tell us about any briefings or discussions that you personally have had with Mr. Weiss regarding any and all federal investigations of Hunter Biden? I'm going to say again. I promised the Senate that I would not interfere with Mr. Weiss. So you have not. I'm just under oath today. Your testimony is you have not had any discussions with Mr. Weiss about this matter. Under oath, my testimony today is that I promised that the, uh, the Senate I would not um, intrude in his investigation. I do not intend to discuss the internal Justice Department uh, deliberations, whether or not I had them. Oh, okay. So your, your testimony today is you're not going to tell us whether you've had discussions with Mr. Weiss. My testimony today is I told the committee that I would not interfere. I made clear that Mr. Weiss would have the authority to bring cases that he thought were appropriate. Okay. Mr. Weiss's All right. letter. Okay, let me stop you for, for a second time, sir. Are you aware that FBI officials have come before this committee and they have stated that there was a cumbersome bureaucratic process that Mr. Weiss had to go through to bring charges in another judicial district? You know that? I'm not aware, but that's not true. There's nothing cumbersome about the process. So those whistleblowers are lying to us under oath? They're, those whistleblowers are lying? I didn't that say that. Their, their description of the process cumbersome is an opinion. It's not a fact question. All I have to do is okay. sign a right. section. Okay, let me get to the fact. Mr. Weiss has been the lead prosecutor on the Hunter Biden case since 2018, correct? I'm sorry? Mr. Weiss has been the lead prosecutor on the Hunter Biden case since 2018. Now, here's the question. He's been the but, lead did, prosecutor since he was appointed by President Trump. Okay, why, let me ask you, why has the Justice Department dragged this investigation out for so long? Does it really take years? That is just straight fire from that lady. God, man. It's awesome. Here's another one. CCP link battery maker eligible for a billion dollars in Biden bucks. Do you remember all the Trump and Trump and Trump and Trump and Russia? And while the DOJ is putting grandmas in jail for praying on sidewalks, Sam Britton is still doing Sam Britton stuff. Which, uh, yeah, that's not good. So we're going to go into what really the media plan is and the Biden plan. Here is Rob Reiner. 
once again, this you know it's it's COVID and mail-in voting and end of democracy. But it's not him. As we said briefly, they're going to crack down on misinformation. They applied those other people. Their whole plan, as they gave to Politico, and Politico thought it was just fucking okie-dokie. Aggressive misinfo fight. Joe Biden's president's campaign is overhauling a strategy to fight misinformation on social media in 2024 race, recruiting hundreds of staffers and volunteers to monitor platforms, buying advertising to fight bogus claims. The change is driven by concern that social media companies are less willing to police political misinformation and also by the risk of the mistruths and attacks from Republican rival Donald Trump and other GOP candidates, according to interviews of five campaigns. The problem is, under pressure for conservatives to allow more open speech, X isn't what it used to be. X. And that's what they're scared about. They've had carte blanche. Google's still cooking, totally cooking. Um, The algorithms, you only get what they want you to read and blah, blah, blah. We are... This is 2020. It's a fucking nightmare all over again. And our media... I want you to tell me, what is the difference between HRC, who's about to say, we're in the midst of a real war on truth, facts, and reason, assault on the free press has to be taken seriously. Hillary Clinton stomps on race and wondering about truth, facts, and reasoning. And then MSDNC, GOP wants to end democracy empower China and Russia. Yeah. They said that. We have a very real war on truth, facts, and reason. You can't uh, have a democracy if you don't have uh, people reporting on what leaders uh, are doing. And so we need to defend uh, journalists, not only uh, in autocracies like Russia, not only against non-state actors in Latin America, but we have to be vigilant in the United States as well. But one of the things that people would say to us, my husband and I in Ghana, is you all talk a lot about democracy, but you couldn't defend your own capital against a bunch of you know yahoos who decided to ransack it. You, you know, half your people don't believe your elections are legit. Your democracy is no stronger than ours. And to the point about China and Russia, oh, China and Russia are filling the vacuum right now on the continent where the U.S. is absent without official leave is really not there. It's the it's the Chinese and the Russians that are in there doing development and taking the side of people there when they say we don't want European colonialism anymore. We want them out. We want uh, Europe to stop stealing from us. And so, you know, do we have a, a challenge in terms of like the continent, where you have 1.6 billion mainly young people, and it's and, it, and they do question whether we're the beacon of democracy because we haven't been historically, nor has the West been for them. Well, in the past, when we have thought of ourselves as the beacon of democracy, surely we've been an imperfect beacon. Um, but nonetheless, the world sees us shining more brightly than any other such beacon. And right now, the world's heart is in its throat because they realize that. Literally within a matter of months, just 14 months from now, 
uh, Donald Trump could win re-election, and democracy as the world has known it in the United States would be over. He would fire people from the government who opposed him. He would work with red state governors to ensure that only Republicans ever won again. It's 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 comedic. I mean, who is who? The misinformation is you. You're the misinformation. And Hillary Clinton is still running her cock trap well after an election. Which brings us to a short six to nine round burst. I, um, everything is a lie. The tuberfill has been in a complete lie. He didn't stop anything, but the way the media played it, and now they're doing it post, and the Secretary of the Army, that lady, sweet God. Here, here's a short bite on Rule losing her shit because of Tuberville. Well, let's take a look at what Tuberville had to say earlier. So to be clear, my hold is still in place. The hold will remain in place as long as the Pentagon's illegal abortion policy remains in place. If the Pentagon lifts the policy, then I will lift my hold. It's easy as that. Oh, easy as that? Well, how about the truth? For fact's sake, the Pentagon policy is to pay for the travel of service members who are stationed where abortion isn't legal so they can get the care that they need where it is. Charlie, how long can this keep going? Yeah, I'm bright now. I'm going to duck up. we got a big game against Colorado Saturday, and I hope, I just hope we we win because Colorado is pretty fucking impressive. So anyway, the military stuff is literally getting to the point that it's comical. This was from a release, and this is Warmoth the female who does nothing but speak in woke. While this is a great day for the Army, I'm clearly aware of the hundreds of apolitical military officers still having their nominations blocked in the Senate by a blanket hold. This hold is hurting our military readiness and causing unnecessary distractions and uncertainty for these officers and their families. It's also a discouraging signal for the talented junior and field grade officers as they contemplate their future as senior army leaders. It's time for the hold to end. Okay, let's... uh, I'm going to... I'm going to do what I posted on this because I, I, uh, yeah, no, no lady. No, Mm -mm. no, 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 Yeah, here's mine. Apolitical officers enlisted are still, but since 2016, it's obvious the officer corps at Pentagon level is no longer apolitical. Vin, Min, and Millie are examples. And Secretary Womoth, in every speech, has represented the DNC more than soldiers. Nothing but partisan mudslinging. And I say that as 
an independent for fuck's sake the lady is non-stop partisan and I don't understand how she represents the DOD very well um I, I really don't understand, but anywho, um, we're going to play next. Uh, let's see where we're at. Rand Paul, because Ukraine came in today, and the punchline will come afterwards. But here is Valinor Velinsky talking about climate change. Even though humanity is failing on its climate policy objectives. This means that extreme weather will still impact the normal global life and some evil state will also weaponize its outcomes. And when people in the streets of New York and other cities of the world went out on climate protest, we all have seen them. And when people in Morocco and Libya and other countries die as a result of natural disasters. And when islands and countries disappear underwater, and when tornadoes and deserts are spreading into, into new territories, and when all of this is happening, one unnatural disaster in Moscow decided to launch a big war and kill tens of thousands of people. There's, there's also this incredible story about an American journalist, Gonzalo Lira. He's reportedly right now in prison in Ukraine on allegations of, of spreading Russian propaganda. I, I, I don't understand this, that Joe Biden could approve $113 billion of money to Ukraine, and yet he has not tried to get this American journalist out of prison there? How is that possible? It's even worse than that, Maria. They've canceled the elections. What kind of democracy has no election? So next year, Zelensky said he's not going to have an election because it would be inconvenient during the war and would be expensive. Well, the thing is, if you don't have elections, why in the world would we be supporting a country that's not a democracy? They've banned the political parties. They've invaded churches. They've arrested priests. So, no, it isn't a democracy. It's a corrupt regime. And are the Russians any better? No, the Russians are worse. But at the same time, we don't always have to pick some side to be on. But the ultimate reason I'm against this is we don't have the money. And when we borrow more money, it leads to more inflation, leads to more likelihood of recession in our country. And so we just can't keep doing it. So there's the punchline. We're going to give another 325 million tanks. And they're complaining because the GOP doesn't want you to be able to have unfettered, federally paid for abortions, which is against the Hyde Act and your diversity bullshit. So they're going to veto it so soldiers don't get raises and shit because that's really more important than, I mean, let's be honest, it's way more important than taking care of soldiers i mean come on why why would we take care of soldiers it's all about their fucking agenda and the agenda never ends it is just non-stop fucking craziness how do i know that 
Well, here's a VA video. It's a little long, but it is pushing abortions. This is for the VA, not active. This is for veterans. This is for guys like me. And men get abortions because they get pregnant. on the mental health aspects of abortion. This is part of VA's overall training series on reproductive health. Person who is pregnant is more inclusive language. However, many of the studies that exist to date have not so far included trans men or non-gender binary people identified as such. Hello, my name is Emily Ashbaugh. My pronouns are she, her, and hers, and I'm really glad to be with you today. Some patients may be fearful, distrustful, or have preconceived beliefs related to reproductive health care, which may impact their decision-making based on their own experiences and the long history of reproductive injustice in this country. Language has a profound impact on what people hear and learn. When discussing abortion, please use these examples of clinically accurate language. There are many ways the VA can provide abortions, including on-site with providers, ordering prescription medications, or performing abortion procedures in outpatient clinics and operating rooms where available. VA also amended the regulations implementing the Civilian Health and Medical Program of the Department of Veterans Affairs, CHAMP VA, to remove the exclusion on abortion counseling and expand the circumstances under which abortions may be covered by CHAMP VA. And another common reason that's relevant to our talk today is that a sizable number of women report that they're not emotionally or mentally prepared. In the immediate aftermath of seeking an abortion, those who were denied abortion compared to those who received it felt a lot more negative emotions more regret, anxiety, and anger in particular. It is important to note that maternal bonding difficulty is substantially more likely after being denied an abortion. Now she feels helpless. She doesn't want to kill herself, but she feels like her life plans have been squashed, like she really has no options. Not only did most women have to pay for their transportation, but they had to pay for accommodations if they needed to stay overnight. The next most common reactions were negative, most notably sadness, guilt, or feeling upset. Nearly half reported not being at all upset when seeing protesters. Abortion restrictions, by contrast, can substantially curtail future life prospects. And among veterans, having a mental health diagnosis is associated with a greater likelihood of an unintended pregnancy. Using the word want is often painful for people who experience that. So in addition to not using the word baby, unless the veteran prefers the word baby, in the case of decisions about eligibility for VA-provided abortions, multidisciplinary decisions among clinical teams can really boost people's confidence when these decisions are consensual. Dr. Martin had validated and normalized her feelings and was interested in hearing more. In this case, some of the emotional advantages might include the privacy of being at home and not feeling like anything invasive is happening. 
because of high proportions of risk factors like mental health burden, military sexual trauma, intimate partner violence, racial inequity, endorsing more myths about abortion has been found to correlate with more difficulty in making a decision. It's also the case that when the partner is uncertain or when the partner is actively opposed to abortion, that has been found to correlate with more difficulty making the decision. Those who are in that situation rarely regret the decision. They do have more post-abortion distress than people who immediately knew that they wanted to have an abortion. So regarding continuing with pregnancy and parenting, she thought that that might make her feel more purpose in life and maybe bring her and her partner Carter closer to one another. What the fuck does that have to do with the VA? What? I mean, what is this shit? You guys want to throw a fit because the right is trying to block you from crazy shit and then we find out you're pushing this it is the safest option for pregnant people to kill their baby. And once again, we, we, I want to get into it in a bit because I, I, I'm mixing segments. But, man, this agenda, there's something going on. Bed bugs, brown water, squatters, military barracks blasted over horde living conditions, lack of accountability. Yeah, but we're sending $350 fucking million dollars to take care of uh, Ukraine because that's that's really more important than, you know, take care of soldiers. Look at that barracks. Jesus Christ. How about going back and giving people money because they broke out? Now, here, here is the don't ask, don't tell. Don't ask, don't tell. And I had it numerous soldiers when I was back in that era the only way you got chaptered under don't ask don't tell was if you walked up to the commander and said I suck dick I'm gay I say it that way because that's what they did I remember a straight guy walking into the commander and going I suck dick and I will continue to suck dick. I will never stop sucking dick. I like sucking dick because he had problems in his family. He had to get out of the army. Go home and run his dad's ranch. And that was the quickest way to get out. You didn't get put out. Even if we stumbled across gay material in your room, we couldn't do shit about it because it was don't ask, don't tell. But now they want to give him money. Hmm. Okay, yeah. Hunter vs. Airborne won't be involved in the Armenian fight, they say, but they're going over. 3rd Brigade Rakasans are heading to Poland, and they will be over there for nine months while the 1st Brigade 101st will be coming back. And when does it end? When, when does this end? This whole Ukraine thing, I know we talk about it each podcast. Last time I went in depth on it, my theory. But there's just something shady about all this money keep going to Ukraine and impeachment and because they were trying to look into Ukraine and it, wow. Well, so, and last, because we're about to go into woke.
An invisible enemy Navy sees climate change as a national security threat. While perhaps not an attention grabber as other threats, climate change poses a serious problem for question of national security, the national interest says. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, Maybe the right is fucked up. But maybe they're just sick of reading shit like this. And I'm sick of this shit. We're about to go into it's climate. It's climate. We got the sunrise talking about how great they are to fucking disrupt shit. And we have uh, CBS agree climate change is a make or break for dating. Whether Joe Biden believes this madness or is simply too weak to resist it, his administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. It was just an idea at first. Civilian Climate Corps. The Civilian Climate Corps. The Civilian Climate Corps. A visionary new policy that would put our generation to work stopping the climate crisis. It would build on FDR's New Deal legacy, creating thousands of jobs for young people as part of an all-out government-wide mobilization to confront the great crisis of our time. It would correct historic wrongs that were a part of New Deal policies and invest in communities at the front lines of the climate crisis. And it would lead us one step closer to a Green New Deal. We turn that idea into a generational rallying cry. We are demanding a fully funded Civilian Climate Corps. Can I hear Civilian Climate Corps? Civilian Climate Corps! And that cry transformed hearts and minds until a civilian climate corps became too popular to ignore. We put our words into the mouths of our politicians. Civilian 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 climate corps created a civilian climate corps. And we didn't stop or let up. We marched, we phone banked, we protested right in front of the White House. Tonight, a bunch of young people were arrested at various entrances to the White House. They were fighting today to try to keep the civilian climate corps in the infrastructure plan. And today, the Biden administration announced that that idea is becoming a reality. The American Climate Corps will give good jobs to thousands of young people in partnership with unions and employers. Young people will finally have a chance to build stable, meaningful careers to avert the climate crisis. Jobs where they'll get paid well to serve their communities and build a future that works for all of us. This is just the beginning. Communities, young people, unions, we will end the climate crisis. Stephanie Abrams of the Weather Channel, you're here for us. You're here for Climate Week in New York City? We are here on Climate Week in New York City, and one of the events that they had actually was really interesting. My talk at the table is how climate can affect your dating life of all things. Have you ever thought about that? I've never combined the two at all. Well, a popular dating service, OkCupid, released data last year that revealed the number one, the number one guy's deal breaker is not believing climate change is important. It topped the other deal breakers that were issues like gender equality and gun control. That's why yesterday the Weather Channel went to an in-person climate speed dating event. It was designed <laughs> to help singles what? find eco-friendly partners. Take a look. I've never been on a date with quote unquote climate specific people, so I thought it would be super interesting. Climate specific people, climate What is a climate people. person? Yeah. What is a climate person? We'll find out in today's date. 
Well, I think we came up with a date idea, but I don't think it's very uh, environmentally friendly <laughs> to fly to Hawaii. Maybe we could, like, canoe there. I'd love to see coral reefs protected. I am from Houston, so I think about the Gulf of Mexico, which there's a lot of oil spills there. I'm going to do a countdown of three, and you're either going to say yes or no if you would go on a second date with each other. So ready? Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. Yeah. yeah. I mean... In line with the insanity, <clears throat> you have New York Times saying it's okadoki artichokey, but they're not, I mean, for the protest, but they're not going to cover the fact that by this data from a scientist, sorry about that, it's an actual scientist. Whale deaths by offshore wind surveys, 30. August 2023, September 2023. It is going up since we've done this, and that's 30 deaths. Survey vessels, four-week average. They are killing whales and dolphins. Because they want to put in wind farms offshore. That's fucked up. And I can guarantee none of that is going to be near, you know, Martha's Vineyard or places where they live because they don't want to see that shit. And then this came out in WAPO, Addicted to Cool, How the Dream of Air Conditioning Turned into a Dark Future of Climate Change. In 2023, Jeep rolled out a new addition of its popular four-wheel drive SUV for the first time since the company introduced the car in 1986. Air conditioning wasn't an option. It was a must. This appears to be the end of an era. The last car in the U.S. without standard air conditioning, read the headline of an article in Automotive Press, finally gives up the fight against refrigerant the summer all across the torrid globe air conditioning was a necessity for billions of people though less than a third of households have it in the northeast and mid-atlantic it's offered defense against not just the heat but the wildfires in phoenix where temperatures rose above 110 for weeks on end temporary cooling centers were a lifesaver or else people died Europe, where air conditioning is evolving from an eccentric American-style indulgence to standard amenity, AC offers a critical defense against heat waves so powerful and persistent that Europeans gave the high-pressure systems causing its name, Cerebrus. As temperature records were broken across the planet this summer, you could sense something shift in a relationship from air conditioning. Billions of people in Global South and other hot zones still live without household air conditioning and the cost of manufacturing and distributing more cooling systems. The environment costs are terrifying. Make the internal space cooler for humans means making external environments hotter for all living things with more industrial production, shipping, and energy consumption, all of which contribute to buildup of greenhouse gases, says the guy typing it in an air-conditioned unit and posting pictures like this that somehow are supposed to be bad because some of the houses have air conditioning it's like a bad thing you're bad to have air conditioning really 
I'm going to flip down to the bottom. Early engineers talked about air conditioning in terms that sounded odd today. They didn't want to cool interior spaces, but to engineer man-made weather, the ambitious lady and blah, blah, blah. So we dream of a new Promethean benefaction to rescue us from the unintended side effects of his last gift. Perhaps solar power or renewable energy will offset the environmental cost of running a globe full of air conditioning. Perhaps air conditioning can be made more efficient with new miracle descent desiccants, chemicals that dry air, reducing energy consumption. Maybe the whole globe could be cooled by pumping sulfuric acid in the atmosphere to make the planet more reflective of the sun's energy, thus engineering human-made weather on a planetary scale. The new dream is an easy one and vastly different from the old one. We seek not to escape from bad weather or occasional respite from the long hunter summers, long hot summers. We want to live beyond without weather because the weather we made is killing us. About this story, the heat index values were calculated for July to September BRD on temperatures and new point metrics from the National Ocean uh, NOAA. This is bullshit. This is all bullshit. This is the coolest summer we've ever had where I live. And in line with this craziness, here is ABC, is it? Yeah, they're fawning over New Zealand. Who She got canned because she was a fascist, but they think we need more of this fascism. If you could just shut your fucking mouth about how you need air conditioning and do what the fuck we tell you, life would be better. And, you know, because you did face some challenges, of course, as prime minister, and, and one of those were the terrorist attacks yes. at the um, at the seminary. No, not seminaries. The, yeah, at the mosque. At the mosque, yes. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. And that led to some work. Yeah. Um, that you, are you wanted to continue some of that work yes. at Harvard. How so? Yes. Uh, that attack was live streamed, and it was one of the um, first times we saw such an uh, atrocious attack mm -hmm. uh, in that forum, an online uh, on an online platform in that way. And so New Zealand as a whole said, we don't want anyone else to experience that. So we've started work with tech companies, uh, governments and civil society. We've been doing it for several years to try and rid the online environment of violent extremism and terrorism. And now the next step is this new emerging technology. We mm -hmm. need to keep being prepared for the challenges of AI in that space. Yeah. So that's uh, another small project. What is wrong with our media? Why would you think that is good? That, that person was rejected by her country for being a fucking fascist. And back to what we talk about, because it's like a yin-yang. You put the military and they say that they're apolitical and then they're pushing nothing by woke shit and then you show the woke shit. Here we go. First day of school for new kindergartens. Professor Picky, are you a boy or girl? Why are you not sure? Because your shoes, they're red. Professor Picky, pointing at the boy next to me wearing red tennis shoes, only girls wear red shoes. Student, no. I don't have to be a boy or a girl. I dress like me. And if someone thinks I dress like a girl, then I take that as a compliment. Because girls are awesome. Unisex. But they're starting to eat their own. My wife watches this. I don't like it, but this one's weird. It's about babies, and maybe you shouldn't have babies. But this dude, the black person's the dude, 
says that Emma Roberts misgendered her on a set of American Horror Story in 1984. Angelica stated that when the two of them were both referring to as ladies on set, Emma replied saying, don't you mean lady, while looking at Angelica. She's right. That's I, That picture they chose was to make her look more... feminine because she doesn't in my house we decided to watch a bunch of shit um i'm gonna postpone this soundbite for a second we're going to come back to it we watched gender transformation and if you haven't gone to epoch times they have some really good tv um Watch that, and then we watch the Peacock documentary about asexual stuff. Just existing as an intersex person is grounds for celebration. Society generally considers that biological sex is cut and dry. Actually, it's not cut and dry. We don't fall neatly into that male-female box. I was born intersex, and although I was born with a vagina, I was also born with internal testes. We live in a society that's so binary. So it's an intersex person. Where do I fit? The definition of intersex is any variation in a person's sex characteristics. They told my mom, you have a child that we feel is abnormal. And this body was a problem that needed to be fixed. Fixed. Fixed, and that I should never tell anyone about it. It's therapeutically highly desirable to have them surgically corrected at an early age. I just remember, like, a lot of pain. In most cases, there is absolutely no evidence to suggest that surgery is medically necessary. I can walk into the, the doctor changed the course of my life. I did not consent to that surgery. I had to tell the world what had happened. We've just been silent about this for so long. I'm going to come out today. I'm going to tell the Texas Senate. I was born with balls. I think we're at the cusp of something cool. Our goal is to pass a bill to condemn these medically unnecessary surgeries. A huge revolution starting right now. Hey, intersex surgeries! Just existing as an intersex person is. Do you think you'd be happier as a boy? My mom would never allow it. That's abuse. Oh, you can hear me cry. See my dreams all die. From where you're standing on your own. Anybody who's gone through this, it's the same thing. Sweetie, please. No, no. Evie, I need you to leave. On. Evie, no. Where no. are you getting this no. from? We're just masquerading. When did parents become 
enemy number one. This is all coming from the top, the major corporations, governments, politicians. You have a pipeline. It's also in the education system. So today we're going to talk a bit about genders. We are here to support you. I feel like I couldn't breathe. My aching body fell to the floor. I've talked to hundreds, if not thousands of parents. Our stories are all the same. They told my parents if I wasn't allowed to transition, I would be at risk of suicide. This was a group where they basically gathered vulnerable children and taught them that it was us against them. Would you rather have a dead daughter or a living son? That question is asked over and over again, and therapists are trained to say that. destroyed my health. Looking back, it made me feel even more hopeless. And then I felt down, I felt tired, I felt exhausted. That half of my body shakes on its own uncontrollably. I'll never be the same. I was allowed to destroy my body. They never talk about how much harm is being caused. I know Josh of Blue Club. Mm -hmm. He says our closest family are often our worst enemies. It's separating kids from their parents. The state has decided that Evan should stay at a group home for now, for his safety. So to the first one, um, everybody, I get it. I mean, I knew what intersex was, but let's be honest. Um, there's so many people that have nothing to do with that. I have a penis, but I have owner ovaries or I have uh, a vajayjay, but I have testes on the inside that's not the majority of the bullshit that we're talking about people think they're intersex and and it's all the extra stuff so uh everybody is born male or female the the, the fraction of the people it was 0.07 percent so seven tenths of a percent being intersex is very rare according around 1.7 percent of the population is born with intersex traits no it's not that's that's too high being intersex's condition needs to be corrected. No, intersex people are transgender. No, and no one is speaking out for intersex people. Bull fucking shit. You're part of the LGBTQIA. Um, legislation. They want, they want special days and a month and all that fucking crap. The transformation one, I gotta admit, man, that thing fucking blew me away. Um just blew me away because it was so well done. Um, it wasn't like you were watching a, a documentary with the bias. It was just facts. And I think that's why it's not even being talked about by anybody because it's factual and it pisses them off because you can't, can't argue with facts. But while we're going through all this because of the kids, look at this picture. Um, right here, it pretty much sums up what we're talking about when we're going through this um, banning of books that have porno you know, pornography in it the drag stuff it, it's cuz you you're you're 
you're brainwashing kids. I mean, just be honest about it. The reality is, and we've had a few times that I played it on the show, um, where they've come out and actually just admitted it. It's like, you know, we can get in kids' heads and we'll change their opinions and they'll be better human beings. But that's up to parents. And with the laws and all the things that are going on, this is just scary times where you have a media cabal pushing this stuff that it's GOP. It's not GOP. It's not Republican Democrat. It's normals versus elites. Um, Ten myths about drag queens. This came up on HuffPo because I'm about to show you something. Um, All drag queens are gay. 99.9% are. Drag queens want to be women. Some do. Drag men, queens only do drag for money. Drag queen is less of a man. All drag queens are tops. Anyone could be a drag queen. Drag queens never use a boy's name. The tops thing is 99% true. You know, most of the transgenders we're seeing, and even the ones on the news, they never get the bottom surgery, which makes you think something, doesn't it? Because you know, my, anybody's been the show a long time, I don't care. I'm not homophobic or transphobic. I only say anything about this when it's about the kids. But the point of the matter is, I will call you biologically a woman when you don't have a penis. But a lot of them don't. They want the status, but they really don't want to go through with it. They're not committed. Wearing you dress makes you drag. All drag queens are bitchy. All drag queens shave. Well, majority do, but anyway. It brought up the billionaires behind the LGBT movement. We talked about it yesterday. I just, once again, why? Why are they so invested in this? Why is this happening? Because it's just not America pushing back. This is fucking Ottawa, eh? I am Eloise. I am six. Silence! No more silence! No more silence! No more silence! No more silence! Leave the kids alone! Even they are pushing back because it's just getting too f- close to home. It's starting to be crazy. The, the, this article here, not long ago, the gay rights movement was a small group of people struggling to follow the disposition with a larger heterosexual culture. Gays and lesbians are underdogs, vastly outnumbered. The story was tragic. They're suffering dr- tra- dramatized by AIDS and Rock Hudson, Brokeback Mountain, and Matthew Shepard, which is a lie. Matthew Shepard was a drug deal. Today's movement, however, looks nothing like the band of persecuted outcasts. The LGBT rights agenda, or note the addition of T, has been powerful, aggressive. John Stryker is the grandson of Homer Stryker, an orthopedic surgeon who founded the Stryker Corporation based in Kalamazoo, Michigan. The Stryker Corporation sold $13.6 billion in surgical supplies and software in 2018. And there it goes. And they go down the list of these people. It's all for money. They don't give a fuck if they ruin kids. They don't care that gender dysphoria... Well, we're going to get to that in a second. I just broke the broke the slide rule and showed a really drastic one. Um, they don't care that this has now gotten out of control. I mean, we are at the point where some classrooms, 80% of the kids are thinking that they're trans. Gender dysphoria is going through the roof. You don't have to actually be gender dysphoric. You can just get a doctor to lie. 
we're covering a couple of YouTube channels. I'm going to play some of them. We watch one every night. It's a religious kid out of Cookville. And um, the stats he brings out, even though it's super religious, I mean, it's just true. And then this was the drag kid. And we covered this a long time ago. It used to be our, our trailer for uh, trans. And um, I changed it. But this is Letitia. The amazing guy. I can't remember his name. He was the one on GMA. He's no longer dragging. He's grown out of it, probably because he's not cute enough for the pedophiles. He was a kid brought into a bar and grown gay men were putting money in his crotch. But it's not about pedophilia. What the fuck is that? J.F. Turton. Interviewed and photographed Queen Letitia for Huck's Magazine about life as drag queen. I am presuming that this is the same Jonathan Frederick Turton, a photographer and multimedia producer that has worked with some of the world's biggest brands and creative agencies. If one had to visit his website, other controversial photographs will meet the eye. Uh, Let's go back and open it up. Um... This is when really it started getting a blowback because they put drag kids out. They did the RuPaul one. And we started to see that you had kids around gay men who were fucking naked. And you go to this Turton's website. Now, let's see. I don't know if I can... I don't. I might not be able to um, screen cap this because it might be pro... But um, here's a Planned Parenthood Protect New York Freedom to Fuck. But the problem is, uh, this is... Uh, this, this is gay men, which I don't, I don't know what that is. Uh, one of the articles I'm going to cover up is it, it's not woke to let an egg... It's child abuse, and, and that's 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 the fact. It, it's it's child abuse. You're 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 literally um, you're literally virtue signaling at the expense of your child who's confused and shouldn't be having these sexual thoughts to begin with. Um, what else do we have? I'll save this for another day. I'll put it in the trans section because it's a, he's got a lot of just fucked up pictures in here. Um, but this kind of stuff that they push, once again, this is why you have pushback. This is why people are getting upset. What the fuck is that? Well, that's a girl. She gets called all sorts of vile things online because she wants to be drag. Media doesn't want to cover that this is this is the statistics. 66 or 60% of Americans don't believe in drag. Story hour for kids. That's just facts. It's not transphobia. It's nothing. It is just it just comes back to the fact that you are pushing things that kids don't need to see yet. 
They just don't need to see this stuff. It, it's too... It's just too... Too much. They say to do it. No, hold on a second. I'm trying to push a push a picture because I don't know how it got here. It's out of out of out of schwack. Out of schwack. I think that was the one I just dx. Here's Braun. They want to be the next uh, New York Times uh, or New York Times Bud Light. And here's a top surgery uh, transitioner. And once again, we're we're educated on this podcast. We know 80% go back. They want to push this, and they think it's okay. Here's another teacher. This is once again. These are, I put these up not to mock. Now I don't give a fuck if this guy dresses as a unicorn. None of my fucking business. Live your own goddamn life. But that's his classroom with all the LGBT. Sh- I don't put up heterosexual shit in front of kids. I. Don't push the Green Bay Packers on kids. I don't push any of my life on kids. When I'm around kids, I don't talk about anything. We have kids coming to our house every fucking day to get rocks from my wife. We never have any discussions other than the rocks. Book ban continue to rise in the U.S. with more targeting sexual inappropriate content. Free speech group says. And then they go in the whole article that it's all out of control and it's too much. And No, no, it's not. Washington Post gender columnists lose their mind over DeSantis' term abortion tourism. And that's what it is. When you're saying people can come and get free abortion, you you want the money. This is Microsoft. And uh, let's just go ahead and get to it. Uh, Let me see if I can zoom in on this because I can't see it. Eh, It's not going to let me, so... Um, we're going to put it on top of that so we can actually read it. Here is what they're saying um, as we zoom the fuck in. Must be lesbian who tech participant. Can't be a male. With the direct thing, they want this. Because STEM, they're, they're saying STEM doesn't have enough BIPOC or black, lesbian, trans. Right now, women are some of the most gifted folks in technology. There are far fewer of them should be. Women account for one in five people in STEM. So now we're just going to fucking break the law. Because that's what you're doing. You're breaking the law. Next one. Phoenix College holding a drag story hour featured banned books for babies as toddler as young as zero. Zero. Where are they making that up? Oh, they're lying. That can't be what they're actually doing, Tony. You're lying. It's right there. Zero or older. Picture book consumers, ages three to six, are our ideal story time audience, but you can be fucking zero. The most banned picture book of the year, 2021-2022 school year. They're pushing it. Once again, won't have kickback if you're not pushing 
the shit. And I never listen to this, but we haven't done one in a while. Here's one of our crazy trans TikTokers. Feeding is just inclusive. There are non-binary people. There are trans men who, who lactate. There are those who go by he, him, different pronouns. It's just inclusive to everybody. It is not hurting cis women to say chest feeding, but it does hurt those who go by other pronouns to continue to say breastfeeding, especially if they have body dysmorphia and things like that. Well, it's very funny that you go on that rant because uh, I found a story where actually they're finding MRN vaccine in mother's breast milk. And that's, needs to say, not good. Wanted to revisit. This is probably going to come back to just told my 10 year old daughter about RGB. She had tears in her eyes and then she did the Wakanda pose and said, Ruth Conda forever, which is a sort of pop culture crossover that I can celebrate that everybody knew didn't happen. That didn't happen. But anyway, here is the most cringe thing, and then we're going to go straight into a new section, which is journalism. I mean, actual journalism. You'll see ABC go hard on the border, and Savannah Guthrie slamming Blinken. You just don't see this every day. I don't know who these are. This is Natasha Bedingfield and Milk. Your child is... My child. Yeah. So, horrible song into actual journalism. I know that things will change when enough of us will say enough, enough, enough. Border crisis. Officials overwhelmed as a new surge brings thousands of migrants into the U.S. as some areas consider declaring a state of emergency. After a brief lull earlier this summer in the number of crossings along the entire southwest border, it does appear those numbers once again on the rise. This morning, migrant crossings all along the southwest border on the rise. In El Paso, Texas, the region has seen a seven-day spike in encounters, averaging more than 1,200 per day. Title 42, the health policy that allowed officials to quickly expel most migrants at the border, was repealed back in May. Since then, city officials say the lowest number of daily encounters was around 300, but last week it spiked to roughly 1,700. And in Pima County, Arizona, the county saying CBP encountering an average of more than 2,000 migrants per day throughout the region. In Tucson, Arizona, one local group says they're helping shelter around 1,200 migrants per day, but say Border Patrol is also dropping other migrants. But the thornier issue, of course, is at what cost? Mm -hmm. When you free up $6 billion, 
in order to get Americans back, does that not endanger Americans elsewhere, put a higher price on their heads? But as you well know, money is fungible. Mm -hmm. So the notion is that $6 billion Iran doesn't have to spend on whatever the Iranian people need is $6 billion they can spend elsewhere and be up to no good. How do you respond to that? They're suddenly flush with $6 billion of cash that they otherwise wouldn't have. But the larger question is, I mean, already the U.S. has committed $113 billion in 18 months to help Ukraine. How sustainable is this level of support when there's really no end in sight to the war, no hint that there's any talk of diplomacy among the two parties, and it, there doesn't seem to be a strategy for victory. So this could just go on and on and on. And how much are you concerned that about war fatigue, that people will not want to continue to be able to give this much support to Ukraine? In your mind, does this seem a war that will just go on for years? I mean, is that... Yeah, I don't think that song's going to really turn anybody over to the other side. Uh, I think actually it's going to be like cringy as shit, but you know, what are you going to do? And it's nice to see that I could play some real journalism. I mean, occasionally it fucking happens. Which brings us to this shite. I'm not going to read the article. This lady treated people like garbage. She, if a Republican, would be drummed out of office. But, of course, we don't do that for Dems. But in here, she literally said, if you elect a conservative woman, that's not really women. Yeah, that, that's that's a thing. OK, sounds good. And then we end on a good thing. Abram Kenny, senator, anti-racist research has produced any research. None. They're slashing a third of their workforce. And Chris Woof Rufo went in more in depth. Boston University is investigating Amber Kennedy's anti-racism center following allegations that he mismanaged grant funding, failed to deliver key projects, unleashed employment violence on staff. This is what happens when DEI replaces merit as a guiding principle. For those wondering about employment violence, uh, from what they're saying here, this is uh, people actual doing it. Uh, explain how one of his premier centers ended up in the situation how mass layoffs are anti-racist. The act of employment, violence, and trauma is not just about individual leaders. It's about the culture and systems that allow it to occur at, to often reward it. Anti-racism is not a branding exercise, PR campaign, or path to self-promotion. Too much of higher education responds to so-called racial reckoning with theater, therapy, and marketing masquerading as institutional commitment. Wherever this has occurred, it needs to be exposed for obscenity that it is. Those of us who believe in real anti-racism need to demand more from our colleges and universities. Our students are watching. And basically, I guess he treated people like fucking crap. But isn't that what we always see? The people that demand you grasp their morals and stuff don't usually live up to the bullshit they're selling. Which wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. We're soup to nuts. We started with a kid getting murdered. And the guy nonchalant saying call 911 because he didn't care that he killed him. The border is a total shit show, but Biden's going to make it worse. 
and the media is going to support that. Biden goes and speaks, and he's incoherent, and it takes a lady from a foreign country to say anything, because ours say that it's dementia on Trump. We've changed the quorum of the Senate, which used to be a big deal to all these lefties, but now they don't care because it's a liberal talking to really handicapped people and pretending to cry. We did a nice space section, which I really enjoyed. Then we went in and watched Straight Fire brought down from a immigrant who did it the legal way. We saw Hillary Clinton still has a voice, and we're going to do the same shit we keep on doing for every election. We're going to lie. We're going to say we're, we're going to fight misinformation by flooding the zone with nothing but misinformation about Republicans. You saw CNN literally just once again say this is all made up, but there's so much proof that Biden was getting money and so was his son. We're handing more money to Ukraine, and we don't know why while we're telling people that men have babies and need abortions. And our barracks are garbage. And the climate change craziness is nonstop. And, of course, we end every show. On the trans cult that is trying to alter our children irrevocably and ruin them all so they can have voter blocks. Everything's about voter blocks for the left. It's about power. None of their policies are literally about taking care of people or hoping people get better. It's just really about how can we hold on to power? How do we continue to hold the power and how can we rig elections to make sure that happens? It's a shit show, my friends. And it's getting worse. And I know this is a long one, but man, I had so much stuff. I went two days early because I couldn't wait to get there. I would have been a two and a half hour podcast. So share these with your family and friends. Go to Flyover Politic with a K on SoundCloud, 482467 on Rumble, thoughtpodcast at gmail.com to contribute to the show or tell me I fucking suck. Our next show will be uh, 27. September, year of our Lord, 2023. We're going to go on a Wednesday. Until then, disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah yeahs. And as always, thanks for listening and take care. Every death is a tragedy, y'all. It's seven lives.